Welcome to the PCS Podcast. This is Dave Mustaine, lead singer for Megadeth. This is the Pinball Cool Stuff Podcast. I welcome your host, Ian Rodriguez. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining me. Yes, we are back. Lots of layovers, lots of layoffs, lots of waiting for new podcasts to come out. The content stream continues nonetheless. So I'm a little late on this podcast for admittedly being more busy than I've probably ever been in my professional and personal life. And so I apologize for the long delay. I also apologize for the background noise. We are in the Honda Civic studio here today and the air conditioner is on. So there is a little bit of fan noise. And um, again, I'm sorry. But this show must go on. All right, let's get started. A little heavy metal, Megadeth coming in. Thank you to Dave Mustaine for the intro. It's been a very, very busy few weeks. I went to uh, Bakersfield last weekend on a nice trip with the kids, birthday trip, a little bit of work, a little bit of play been very busy so traveling this weekend as well to Colorado for work and uh, next month for work as well off to Arizona so this summer is already stacking up to be the busiest summer of my life work-wise and a few vacations here and there as well so there will be podcasts the show must go on the show will go on but I'm just uh, announcing it here there will be some long layovers or layoffs between shows but you know, it doesn't really matter, you know, because I like to cram a show full of good stuff and I can't do that if I don't wait a little longer to get it all developed and let the news develop, let the headlines grow. So the biggest headline of today's show is Guns N' Roses Limited Edition number 1351, I believe, is on a truck headed from Illinois to hopefully my home residence. Um, anyway, I got a delivery notice, a shipment notice from Jersey Jack. It's on a truck and I will await delivery on June 22nd, I believe that is a Tuesday, next week, Tuesday. So GNR Day is coming, new pin day is coming, and the Pinball and Cool Stuff podcast will be here to tell you all about it. Another JJP unboxing, it's going to be wonderful. I'm very, very excited and optimistic. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that the common thread about playfields being damaged and arriving in poor condition is not still in the back of my mind. But I got my Wonka, there was pooling, and I'm okay with it if that's the deal. And uh, JJP's not doing anything about it anyway. You may have heard that JJP is essentially disclaiming any liability or responsibility for any playfield conditions upon delivery. So that's kind of a bummer. Um, looks like they're not even sending out playfields like they did with Wonka in this case. So one less thing that they will ever do to make sure we're made whole. And of course, with the price bump this year, it's kind of a double kick in the crotch, to put it nicely. So you don't get any playfield uh, replacement and you get a $1,000 price increase. That is the glory of today's pinball market and economy. It's not so glorious. It's kind of a bummer, but that is what it is. I hope you guys can deal with it. I hope you have a game on order or are waiting for Keith Elman's next game, Godzilla, because right now um, the Mondo hype is dying down. So let's get into Mondo hype after announcing GNR's shipment. So the Mondo Pro was uh, streamed by Deadflip and honestly I think that the Pro might be better than the Premium. Um, and I, I, I just can't say, I don't really know why, but it just feels like it plays better. 
feel like it's more flowy or whatever. I mean, that's the case with a lot of pros by Stern, right? You get a flowier game, sort of a funner game in many experiences by many accounts. So Mondo Pro on Deadflip is available for viewing if you haven't seen it. Um, the art on the cabinet looks really good. I, I saw some closer looks at Stern's website on their uh, their like production line they were showing us. That cabinet art looks wonderful. Um, the playfield art still just doesn't do anything for anybody, or at least me. So that's kind of a bummer. But let me just say this: Mondo is a redeeming game. It very and, and if I love the theme, I'd be way more interested. But still, I think it's a great game. I think it plays well. And when I watched the pro reveal stream, what I thought was. This game plays better than Avengers Infinity Quest. And um, the reasons are a few here. There are short shots close to the flippers. So like the first impact to playfield feature is closer to flippers um, down below than is the case on Avengers, which is kind of, in my mind, strange for a Keith Elwin game. So he kind of uh, abandoned his convention there on his design for Avengers. So that's a big deal to me. I like the short shots, I like the long shots. I need that variety. That, of course, was one of the biggest complaints about Led Zeppelin that I had, was they're all deep shots. In Avengers, the same thing. So many deep shots. So here, with Mondo, it's better. Um, the, uh, the ramps, they look really smooth on Mondo, and I really appreciate that they are challenging narrow entryways for these ramps. You really have to be a sharpshooter to kill this game and to, to do really well on the game, and I like that. It'll be a, a long-standing game in a house environment because it's challenging that way. The shots are going to take a long time to get dialed in and used to. So, challenging ramps, but very beautiful flowing ramps. I love that. I like the left and right quick loops that are offered on the game as well. It's like the horseshoe loop we talked about from Theater Magic or Circus Voltaire. I like that. There's two of them, right side and left. So that's a feature that's not often implemented in Stern games. The um, Avengers Infinity Quest Pro has a right quick loop, but it's not necessarily a quick loop. It's kind of a stop shot that hooks around to the um, to the right side there on the rail. So anyway, I like the quick loops. That's a wonderful feature. The light show on this game is fantastic. After watching the Pro, I'm really in love with their programming effort that they're doing here at Stern. They're really trying to create mood with their lighting, and I like that. I like Iron Maiden for that reason. Their update to their lighting that they issued recently was fantastic. So great job, Stern, on lighting improvements. So what's the, what's the question? Do you buy this game or don't you? I think if you love the theme, you have to. It's a good enough game to own despite not loving the theme, though. So we'll see what happens, but uh, it's a consideration. I told you before that my son wants the dialed in. So right now, I can't buy Mondo until I know I will or, won't, or, will, or will not buy a dialed in for Hunter because he really likes the game, and I like the game. So it's kind of a win-win. So we'll see what happens with that. And right now, cash is in short supply because of Guns N' Roses being paid for in full at this very moment. One thing that's impressive is that Mondo LEs in Southern California are now being sold at $13,000. 13 grand. That's a heck of a price for a Stern game. Any Stern game. I don't care if it's Tron LE. I don't care if it's any limited edition. I don't care if it's Elvira. 13 grand for a game um, that any game that Stern makes is way, way more than I'd really be comfortable paying. But everybody loves Star Wars, man. That's the thing. We already knew this. Alright, so recently, um, let's see here. What else we got? So, recently P3, Multimorphic, announced their licensed theme is coming. And I mentioned this before, but it's official now. They are having, uh, they are upgrading their factory to, I think it's 5,000 more square feet. And they are building a licensed game. I would wager that they have two production lines with their new uh, addition in their factory. 
that's wonderful. Um, that's another reason why I'd wait on buying Mondo. Final, I guess another reason on top of that would be that Keith Elman's doing Godzilla, so that might be a game changer, man. It might be a blockbuster game. As we know, the movie Donkey, what is it, Donkey Kong, King Kong versus Godzilla is in the movies, right? So that game's coming. That game is coming. I think that we'll see Godzilla before the end of the month in July. So if you're interested in the theme or the designer, as I mentioned before, it's all about the designer, Keith Elwin. Wait on that game, because I think it's going to be a big, big hit. Keith Elwin. It's weird that he took a step back in his design on his third game, don't you think? I still can't get that out of my mind. I feel like it's the worst game, and it's not even close. Maiden's by far the best. Second place, not very close at all, is Jurassic Park. But yeah, Avengers, kind of a letdown. So on TWIP on the 7th of June, I have some notes here. So American Pinball, as you know now, is going to be releasing two models of every game. So they say it's the same gameplay, almost identical gameplay. Okay, so that's nice. You're not missing a ton of features, but you can bet they're doing what Stern does with uh, Stern, with premiums and uh, pros. So they call it the Deluxe Edition and the Classic Edition. So now we got something to look forward to from them. It looks like they may release two games this year as well, and it would shock me if they didn't have two production lines there anyways. So would I buy an American pinball game? I say 100% I would. If it's a good game, and it's not unreasonably priced, I will buy it. Um, American Pinball builds fantastic machines. They, they hold up well, they, they look beautiful, the art and everything, the play field, I like what they do. Um, interestingly, Houdini is back on the production line. American Pinball announced Houdini is back. So I wonder if this is a resurgence in the title, like Wonka had and like Pirates of the Caribbean had for Jersey Jack, where people found out later, possibly too late, in our case for Jersey Jack, that a game was great and now they want it. So maybe Houdini's experiencing the same sort of buyer remorse for not purchasing and they're able to capitalize and reproduce the game. So congrats to AP if they do sell a bunch of those more because right now it looks like that is making a comeback, all right? So the Avengers Infinity Quest making video came out uh, from Stern, the making of the game. I, I thought it was really neat. The They released some Whitewood footage of the game that's such a fun way to look at a game and understand how it was designed. I really like seeing that type of stuff. When it's not fully built, they're just testing shots in a Whitewood. And man, don't you wish you worked the Stern sometimes? How cool would that be? To play test a Whitewood and just tell them, hey, this feels great, this feels bad, let's change this, let's change that. What a life to live, man, working in a pinball factory, man. I can't believe it. So one thing I noticed in the video, which I noticed before, of course, was the Doctor Strange spinning disc on the premium LE which raises and lowers to allow a subway entry. And my question is, is it that cool? I think the spinning disc up top is cool. You hit it and it whips around. The fact that it raises and lowers, I love hidden scoops, I love Wonka's hidden scoop, but it's not the same. It's more like a pothole instead of a rotating scoop that actually reveals a hole versus a flat side, and plus it elevates instead of rotates, right? So there's differences, and I just can't find myself thinking this is a radical um, feature. I don't know. I. I like it, I just don't love it. I think they expected it to have a greater impact on the game than it does. And it doesn't seem like, I don't know, it's not that great. Um, but I have kind of changed back to the LE Premium being the better model of that game after playing the Pro so much. Um, my buddy Chuck has the Limited and it's just, it's a great package. So um, if you're going Avengers, you guys Premium LE. There we go again, changing our minds. Um, the steep ramps on Avengers. So they talk about the steep ramps. And because they have steep ramps, they clear up real estate beneath the ramps as you progress up the ramp for more play field features. And that's such a wonderful way to think when you're designing a game because like, look, 
you're going straight up. There's nothing behind it that's interfered with. The ball can then travel behind it. So you make more space for the ball to do more fun things. It's a great aspect of design that Keith is utilizing here and I appreciate it. So steep ramps all the way. I don't care if it makes them harder. Let's get more stuff in the play field behind and beneath the ramps. Let's do it. Why not? So Gary Stern likes the retro vibe features on games. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> that was like a little tidbit from the video. Um, the flip, the flipper countdown on Avengers is a really rad innovation. They talk about it in the video. It's a really cool feature. If you haven't played it or heard about it, essentially you're given a set amount of flips before your flippers will die. And if you hit shots, you get more flips. If you don't hit shots, of course, you just use a flip. But you can't stop the ball. You can't really like prepare your shot too much, right? Like we're used to hitting the flipper to prep a shot. In this case, um, you're not allowed to waste flips because you only get so many. So that's the uh, gist of the release game or the uh, making of game. Thought it was kind of cool. Another thing on TWIP was they released a video by Mike, by some, who was it, some pinball producer talking about mi micro flip skills. It's, it's an instructional video how to tap pass, how to flick pass, how to do a ball stop, um, how to do a ball stop flick pass, which is an earlier hit. In a, as opposed to passing it to your other flipper. If you lack skills in flipper, flipper skills, if you lack flipper skills, I should say, go there and check it out. You'll learn a little bit about how to tap pass and flick pass and how to use uh, ball stops to set your shots up. Also talks about how to set up your backflips from any given flipper by just tapping it up so it runs up the flipper a little bit and then whacking it for a nice backflip shot. Uh, Waz has been updated, another piece of news, JJP. I guess there's no feature there except Scorbit and Wi-Fi, so uh, whoop-de-doo. Um, I'm not even sure I do Wi-Fi updates on my games. If I, I mean, I know I have the chance to, I'm just not sure I ever will. I'm not in love with the idea of plugging my pinball into Wi-Fi. I don't know, call me a conspiracy theorist, but I don't want my camera being hacked somehow via Wi-Fi and filming my children and myself playing the game. Not too stoked about it. But anyway, if you love that, then get it. Um, anyway, it's up to you. So there's more and more articles on TWIP these days, and you probably noticed, especially this week even, there's like seven or eight, that are about location pinball opening and expanding in various areas of our country. And it's just a clear indicator that the trend is growing. And it's really cool because obviously pinball is getting bigger and pinball is more popular, um, which is awesome. On the same token, now pinball is getting more expensive, which is unfortunate because the demand is so high that the prices for new games can simply increase and there will be no negative effect on the market for these manufacturers. So we're going to see higher prices. We're going to see pinball grow in conjunction and that's just the way it's going to be. That's just the way it is. So I met a, uh, I sold my Earthshaker last week to a great awesome dude named Dell. He's from Tucson, Arizona. He's a fairly wealthy collector if I had to estimate. He um, came over and bought my Earthshaker. I was happy that it go it's going to a new home. I believe the man has a plan to do a full restore on my Earthshaker. So it's going to a new home for a better life and a new life as a restored high-end pinball type Earthshaker title. So the guy had a fun house that must have cost $8,000 to restore that he showed me pictures of. And I'm hoping he gives it the treatment to uh, the same treatment to Earthshaker. I'm really hoping. Interestingly though, he said, this man never heard of the Museum of Pinball. I told him, hey, have you heard of the Museum of Pinball out here in California? He said, no. So I told him all about it, spread the word. If you know any friends who are interested in pinball or even not interested in pinball, but interested in gaming, tell them to come to the Museum of Pinball. Spread the word, because um, I want it to grow. I want more people there to experience it and just be happy because it's the happiest place on earth, man. You can't miss it. 
Unfortunately, October Pinball Madness is probably not going to be held at the museum this year. I, I don't, I mean, no other way to put it other than logistically it seems to be impossible. And that's just a fact. And I'm bummed, but um, I look forward to seeing in disc the World Championships in January. And I'm just praying to God that they hold that event and don't cancel it for whatever reason, be it logistics or some new type of virus that we're all supposed to be really, really scared of because everybody's going to die and if we don't get vaccinated. So I hope everything's going to be cool in January and we can do some fun things like that and hold events. Father's Day is coming up, everybody. June 19th, I think it is. Sunday. It's about five days away. I'm trying to make plans to go play some pinball, be a dad with my kids, play games with them. But we'll see what happens. It's going to be hot out here in Southern California. 100 plus degrees in Riverside County. So if you're not used to that, better go to the beach. It's either the beach and Fat Joe's Diner with a bunch of pinballs and fun games for the kids and myself, or it's going to be Riverside in the blazing heat and uh, suffer through it because pinball is that important. That's right. So the Pinball Hall of Fame in Vegas, of course, is open. They have 400 pins. I just read this on Twip. Um, it's free admission. You bring your quarters. You play there. So, again, go to Vegas. Go play there. Support them. They're open every day from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. I don't know how long it'll be before I get there, but um, I have a lot of trips lined up um, in the next three, four months, including up to October for Pinball Expo in Chicago. So I'm going to be traveling a lot, but I'm really hoping to carve out a couple days to drive to Vegas, have a really good time there at Pinball Hall of Fame, and literally go there for only that purpose. Go there, get a cheap hotel, get a, get a round-trip flight for $75 probably, run back, run forth, and have a great time in the process, and get out and play some pinball. So, cool stuff today. Oh man, the projects continue. It's a really cool development, obviously. I'm, I love working on the place and making it nice, but man, it's a lot of work. So I'm making progress, you'll be happy to know. We're gonna be drywalling and texturing and painting very soon. Getting some, uh, the kitchenette installed, installing the new bathroom after that. So the plans continue for, con for just nonstop construction. My home will be a dust bowl for the, uh, indefinitely, indefinitely, let's just say that. My plan this afternoon is to do some work and uh, play some pinball uh, and then do a big freaking workout and I'm just considering whether or not I should run in this 100 degree heat in Marietta today. I think I can do it. The question is, will I have that sort of gusto in about an hour when I'm ready to go? I'm not sure man, it's hot out here. Stay cool everybody. Thank you for joining me today. This has been the Pinball and Cool Stuff Podcast. I'm Ian Rodriguez. You guys have a great day. God bless.